0: This is Inspiring Women. I'm Laurie McGraw. I'm speaking with Kathy Kaluhio-Kalani, and she is the CEO and founder of PipCare. And this is part of our collaboration of Inspiring Women with Redesign Health, where I am showcasing some of their top CEOs and founders of companies. Kathy, I'm so excited to have you on Inspiring Women. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much. All right. Well, part of the reason I'm so excited to have Kathy on this podcast is because this is not your first rodeo. You have led other companies, and this is a new company that's just been brought out of stealth. So you've been added a little bit. Got some exciting news yeah. here at the health conference, which we will get into. But Kathy, I'd just like to get a little bit of your bio sketch. You've done a number of different companies. You've been in healthcare a long time. You've been successful. And so how did you get here? Give us a bit of the background.
1: So background is, I think, you know, I've been in healthcare for almost 20 years now. Yep. I I, I initially wanted to go into healthcare as an attorney. Yep. That was actually the path that I was taking. And then after some conversations with attorneys who said they would never, that's not what they would do if they had a choice to go back, I realized that probably as an operator, that's where you can have the most impact in healthcare. I had a personal story with our youngest child who was born with some some challenges and so that's really was my exposure to healthcare yep. and so I said this is what I want to do. And so just my career I've been fortunate. So I've worked for large-scale health systems. Yeah. I've worked in private equity in multi-site, multi-state where we've scaled significantly. Yep. We were fortunate to have an exit to Optum and I spent time at Optum, which is even more scaled healthcare under the UHG umbrella. So that was all fantastic. I think what that all taught me is what I love is healthcare that truly has an impact and that is going to also create meaningful growth. You typically don't find that in large-scale organizations, which is how I ended up coming back to startup healthcare.
0: Okay, so, I mean, having that experience in large-scale organizations, that gives you an appreciation of scale and sort of like, you know, size of issues and stuff, but also the layers of different administrative bureaucracy sometimes that you have to deal with. But going all the way to early stage startup is a pretty big
1: leap. It okay, is. so what drew you to that? And I wanna talk about Care. Yeah, so what drew me to that, I think, is that post-pandemic, I started thinking about what is important in the healthcare ecosystem. I think what we learned is big healthcare happens in health systems. Okay. Typically, prior to the pandemic, in my experience, health systems felt they could do most everything yeah. on their own, Yeah. right? And I think what they've realized is what we do really well is deliver great healthcare. Yeah. Where we probably could use partners is how do we how do we digitize that healthcare? How do we scale that healthcare? Yep. How do we enable great patient engagement? And so I consciously said to myself, this is a place where I wanna go. And I was very fortunate in that redesign reached out to me and said, hey, we have this concept let's talk about it. And I said, so what space is it in? And they said the surgical space, so obviously incredibly important in this country for a multitude of reasons, but also we have an aging population, right? And when they talked about the concept of providing a journey for patients, so it's not, it's not segmented, right? We don't have pre-op and then post-op and then care coordination, and it's all kind of jumbled together. How does a company make that seamless and partner with Health systems to do so?
0: Okay. So, so we're going again from like these large scale organizations serving Mm -hmm. hundreds of thousands, millions Millions. of patients, you know, out there. And um, now to something that's doing a particular segment and surgery is one of the more complicated areas, right? I mean, you're dealing with, you know, some, you know, some of the most expensive sure. you know to things and a lot of the expense comes from outcomes that happen outside right. of the hospital sure. so how does that tie into look so maybe what is pip care yeah. give us the concept so,
1: so, the concept is that there's something called ERAS protocols it's a fancy name for enhanced recovery after surgery and these are things that um anesthesiologists and surgeons do with their patients today and yep. so it's prepping yourself for surgery yep right so, it could be nutrition, it could be, you know, exercise, it could be quitting smoking, it could yep. be all those things, right? And so, that's kind of in a nutshell how it started. And then, what we said at PIPCARE is okay, clinically, what we know from talking to patients is they will do the things that, that their physicians ask them to do. Yep. But it's confusing. They get a packet, they're trying to look at pages, and they don't really know beyond that what they should do. And so, we said, okay, digital is one aspect of that but there has to be a human component yep. to it. And so what we did is we said, okay, we're gonna pair the digital technology with human health coaching. Okay, And that's the model, right? So we are re- they are referred into us depending on specialty. We're teeing up things through an application that we built. We partner with the health system so that those surgeons can tell us these are what we want our patients to do prior. And then we work with them both through video, um, means asynchronous messaging and through the application to track their progress. Okay.
0: So, I mean, if you're going in for surgery, I think everyone can relate to this, no matter what the surgery is. I mean, from the patient perspective, you do follow whatever it is that the, you know, that what you're being told to do, but it is, you're nervous. You are nervous and overwhelmed and confused and all of those things. So, so when you say you're coaching and Mm -hmm. you're that, you know, digital support and personal um, support, Support. I mean, I'm imagining that you're sort of like calming people down and this is what these steps mean and you're doing okay or you're not That's
1: right. I think it's I think it's first explaining. Why do we do these things to get ready for surgery? Yep. Right, and so it's it's saying okay You have a partner in this and we're gonna take you through every step of the way and we're partnering with your surgeon Yep. so understand that we are just an extension of that care team. So It's calming nerves. It's explaining what their NPO instructions are, which is when you can stop eating and drinking prior to surgery. Okay. Right. It's things like that. It's making sure that they understand when they come home, is your home ready?
0: Yeah. Okay, so Kathy, in terms of um, that interaction, and so, you know, just if there were no PIP care, mm-hmm. um, what what are sort of like the rates of people following the instructions yeah. that they're yeah. given? And just like, and I have a question, like,
1: why isn't what's already being done good enough? How big is this problem? That's a great question. So I think what's already being done, let me say it this way, health systems and surgeons, they deliver great clinical care. Yep. Where they're maxed are the administrative pieces of ensuring that when I give a patient a protocol to follow, I follow up with them to make sure that they're doing that, and I can answer questions. Yeah, right. I don't know that that necessarily needs to live in the clinical realm, is what we what we sure. learn working with health systems. So where we come in is just what you said earlier, providing the support to ensure that they're getting those things done, yeah. that any questions are being answered, and that we're also going through things like. Has my insurance been coordinated? Yes, check that box. Yeah. Where do I park? Yes. Check that box. Yes. Because we don't need, you know, nurses and nurse practitioners and physicians getting calls back about where should i park on the day of surgery sure and i listen i you know as somebody who has had not you know tremendous surgery but
0: i've dealt with those Mm -hmm. types of incidents um the smallest of things you just you spend time on and you know for somebody who's got something complicated going on it just is overwhelming tell us about some of the data so outcomes you know what are are some of
1: the things that are beneficial certain numbers wise it's great so so the first thing i like to say is well, we're great at patient engagement. We are not a patient engagement okay. company, right? Okay. We are partnering with health systems to improve outcomes for their patients. So the data shows us that when you when you leverage ERAS protocols and do a do a organized effort with a patient, you're going to reduce their length of stay. Yep. You're going to reduce ER visits, mm-hmm. and you're going to reduce readmissions. Okay. And we actually have a study coming out um, with our pilot partner, UPMC. In the next three to four months, it will show the data we had during our pilot. Oh, and I'm assuming that data might be positive. Yeah, just just, a a hunch, just a
0: hunch, Kathy. I'm
1: very, very intuitive here. Um, Okay, so I understand you've got some news. Um, You're sharing with people at Health. You've got a new customer here. Yeah, so we're incredibly excited. We are going to be launching with you, Chicago Medicine. Um, going to be working with them and their patients and also and doing a study with them as well. We're, we're, we're fortunate and very excited to be partnering with them. Well, congratulations on that. It's like great news. Thank you. Um, who buys PIP Care? Is it the health system that you're actually selling to Is it the employer who is that? Yeah, that's a great question. So today it is the health system yeah. um, that we're selling to and that we're partnering with. I think there's opportunity when you mention payers and employers as we gain more data and more traction in the space. Yeah. There's also a lot of just trends of
0: sort of hospital at home and those kind of things. Does PIP care do you, as you, I know you're at an early stage, but are you thinking about sort of like more in that space of what types of care can you further bring back to the home or is that not in
1: your um, line of sight? So I think that's a great question. I actually think this is a level of hospital at home already, right? Uh-huh. Because patients before and after surgery, so other than the episode of when they're in the hospital, this is all being done at home. Yep. yep, and so it's already a version of hospital at home. Is there an opportunity to expand what that model looks like? Absolutely.
0: Yep. Yep. Well, yay! Let's keep uh, let's keep working on that. But Kathy, I also want to talk a little bit more about leadership. Okay. So you have what has it been a year that you've been out of stealth with um, with with PIP Care? Oh, yeah yeah wow a year anniversary so happy yeah. anniversary to you <laughs> time um, flies <laughs> so but it's not your first rodeo no. this is not your first gig as the chief executive so i'd like to just get some perspective what are you bringing to pip care that is maybe lessons you don't have to learn again yes. that you did before
1: you know and yeah. maybe what's new what's a new challenge that perhaps you didn't have before i'd sure. love some perspective. this is a great question so i think I think one of the things I bring, as you mentioned earlier, so I'm a little bit of a rare leader in that I've done startup and large scale. It usually doesn't work that way. So I think one of the things I be, bring is that understanding, I have perspective. So startup is very up and down, right? Yep. It's, it's, it's a great grind, but you have great days and you have days where you're like, wow, this is hard. And healthcare yeah. is hard anyways, Yeah. right? And so I think what I bring perspective to is, that's okay. If we just keep doing the right things for the right reasons, we're going to we're going to continue to expand the company and support health systems and support their patients. I think the other thing that that brings is that brings a calmness to your team. As as you're building and you're bringing folks in to build the team and and grow the company, I'm able to alleviate any stress around the ups and downs and say this is all perfectly normal.
0: Yep. Yep. Well, that um, that is good perspective, and to be able to be calm with those level of stresses yeah. that are the reality of That's being right. in your position um, is wonderful. Uh, I want to bring it a little bit to just you know the the state of women in leadership, yeah. and part of the reason, the main reason I started inspiring women mm-hmm. was to showcase incredible women so that others would follow in the footsteps, and we could just like close the gender gap that is still there in the area of leadership. So, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Big big so, topic. Big <laughs> big topic. Big question. So, women leaders in healthcare. Women leaders period are important, but specifically women leaders in healthcare. It's. It has to happen, and here's why. Women come with a different perspective. Yep. Right. And so we've we've lived you and i specifically right because of our timing of our careers we've lived in a in a male dominated healthcare environment and so what i've learned a lot sitting at tables yeah and the more perspective we get um, around a more diverse ecosystem of how we get to solutions that are solutions for everybody and that also means you know, people who live in rural areas, people who live in urban areas, people who live in suburban areas. Those are all different needs that need to be met. And I think women in particular, you know, we we raise children, we look at things differently. And I think we come to the table sometimes with solutions that are out of the box. Mm-hmm that maybe don't wouldn't get to the table wouldn't get to the table if we weren't sitting there I think that's a compelling case for why
0: more women are needed in leadership maybe Kathy you could share some of the you know the reality is it's still hard and it's different okay so not all the role models are there and not all the people are pulling women into leadership so That's just reality. I mean, you know, I don't need to bemoan it to you, but (laughs) how do you think about that from the perspective of closing that gender gap, the numbers, whatever it might be for women? What should they know so that they can further accelerate? Nobody needs to redo what the previous um, problems
1: were, but how can we further accelerate the road ahead? So that's a great question. I might might look at it a little differently than others. I think it's incumbent on people like you and I who've Uh. gotten there. To bring those women forward at the right time in the right place we should be looking at how we build our teams and i ultimately think that we need to be demanding is a strong word right but we need to be demanding that when we look at leadership teams they look like the world we live in today, yep. the country we live in today. Yeah. But I think we have voices now, and we have to use those voices. And I think one of the ways you do that is go is you go back in, and you mentor folks that are younger in career. Yeah. And you show them a pathway. Yeah. That for others just seems, of course, that's what I would do. I don't know that that's always true for women in healthcare. care. Yep. And so us going and showing them this is the pathway yep. and I'm going to help you get there yep. is important. Giving them a voice when they don't have one yet. I have,
0: I have heard from actually a number of senior executive women like yourself, this idea that it actually is our responsibility okay. to bring others with us to the table. Right. And I feel like this is a, um, you know, there's a lot of energy or emergent energy around this topic of, mm-hmm. you know, it's not enough to just get there yourself. It's That's actually right. you bear some responsibility to bring others with you, yeah. and there's an agency in that that I think is really compelling, kind of thrilling. It is, um, it's fun. and yeah, <laughs> it absolutely yeah. is fun. It absolutely is fun. So, um, just going back to building companies, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're building something in a different way yes. with with PIP Care and with redesign. So yeah. I just love, you know, in in UPMC and you yep. know others. So how is this model? different? And
1: what are you excited about that that's be helping you in terms of as you're building up? This is up? a great question. I So I've always built strong teams that operate, right? But there's a digital component to this. And so that has been exciting for me, right? We've we've brought something to market that we've built that is gonna enable the operation. It's not something I had experienced before. So having a partner like Redesign Health, having, you know, another partner like UPMC and UPMC Enterprises to help us and myself think through what's important in that technology, mm-hmm. how to how do we make sure that it's it functions well, but that we get great patient engagement yep. and that we don't make it cumbersome. Yep. Um we make it fairly seamless.
0: Yep. So if you were to paint us forward five years out, That's your biggest vision in terms of what you're going to
1: impact with Pip Care, what does that look like? That's a great question. I think five years out, we are nationwide yep. across I won't even give you a number, right, in the healthcare ecosystem, specifically with health systems. And I think that we have materially impacted patient outcomes and patient engagement in a way in which that it's irrefutable.
0: Yep. Well, thank you, Kathy. I love that because, like, you know, it's it's more than just building a successful, financially successful company, but having an impact on patient outcomes would be amazing. And you started by telling us about the aging population, which we know is there and in need of things like this. Um, This has been a great conversation i really appreciate the time i always love to close out i mean you've been there you've done that you're here now your advice for younger women who are starting out so they don't have to relive the lessons that you
1: learned the hard way what is it believe in your gut and don't apologize ever the end the end end.
0: thank you so much kathy i really appreciate this conversation this has been an episode of inspiring women with Lori McGraw. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We are produced by Kate Cruz at Executive Podcast Solutions. More episodes can be found on inspiringwomen.show. I am Lori McGraw, and thank you for listening.